We're so excited to announce our partnership with the Senior Living Transformation Summit. Join us in Boston on February 26th and 27th with a collaboration of senior living leaders who are at the cutting edge of digital transformation and catering for baby boomer residents. Learn about innovative approaches to business systems to make recruiting, retaining, and supporting staff easier and more efficient. To find out more, visit SeniorLivingTransformation.com. Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, and Sevens Residential Memory Care. Now get ready for the next episode. Hey, Mavericks. This is Catherine Wells, your Chief Inspiration Maverick. And I'm Francis Legasse, your Chief Curiosity Maverick. And we are here today with Kelly Casto of Saving Our Seniors. Kelly, we're super excited to have you here with us. Welcome. I'm so Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, too. So why don't you, Kelly, give us a little bit of your background. Uh, we, you know, we know, you know, we kind of know you're an occupational therapist, but dive in a little deeper and tell us more about who you are and kind of your why behind Saving Our Seniors. So I, you know, I have been a therapist for many years, but I was always kind of that therapist that went the extra mile, you know, when somebody couldn't get a wheelchair or a walker, I would rally together with my other therapy friends to purchase it. Um, I would drive miles away to get the certain knee scooter that I needed for a client so um, he could go home and live an independent life. And I did use other organizations in this area for many years, but the amount of seniors that are currently in Florida are very, it's very in demand. And I was tired of being put on a wait list and told, yeah, you'll get it in a few weeks. Um, because as a therapist, I know if a senior doesn't have his walker or shower chair, he's still going to walk and take a shower. So, um, so I started creating Saving Our Seniors. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe I would do it for a couple months. And then all of a sudden, three years later, it's definitely taken off to a new level. Wow. And just for our audience, it's all around the durable medical equipment. Is that uh, the premise of Save Our Seniors, what you're trying to help them get? So that is our, like our phase one, but we do have um, three other phases that we are working on to kind of um, start. It's just that the funding purposes have been hard. So once we can receive additional funding from organizations and foundations and stuff like that, then we would be able to launch our other three programs. We have it all ready to go. We just need uh, the money behind it. Wow. And uh, just for the, your, your nonprofit, correct? So you do take donations and that is really where you get majority of your funding. Uh, are you looking for any other grants or anything along those lines at all? So we are, I mean, we do apply for grants. Um, we are going after uh, sponsors from corporations because of our new program that we are launching uh, later this week, our online thrift store. Oh. We'll be able to not only tap into the low income seniors that we currently help, but also, you know, seniors that maybe aren't super low income, but they're still on a fixed income. They can receive their equipment for a um, small donation on that too. Before we, you know, before we were only tapping into one, one market. So it was hard for people to kind of get behind us because they didn't see it like helping them out. But now with our new program, we'll be able to tap into both markets and truly be able to help more seniors is the idea. 
So before we started recording, you were telling me a story about uh, how you got started in your one-bedroom apartment. Why don't you share that with our audience? Yeah, so I, uh, in 2016, I, my life kind of went a little out of control. And then um, I was given like two decisions, you know, change it or move on. So I decided to change it. And then with my spare time, I started collecting uh, medical equipment in my one-bedroom apartment. And it went from like my one-bedroom apartment to like three friends' garages. And then I was evicted from there. Like, they're like, you've got to go. Uh, so, I liked it because it was free. It was you free. Got you got addicted to durable medical equipment collecting. I think I got addicted to the way it made people feel. I mean, I never thought bringing, like, a shower chair or a bag of pull-ups could be, like, such a life-changing experience for, you know, somebody. I, You know, I guess we take for granted being able to take a shower and, and leave our home and, you know, get in and out of our car and things like that and being able to provide them adult pull-ups not only like help them with their toilet management but it also they had them they had the confidence to go out and be out outside of their house not thinking like they would have an accident or something like that that's so amazing I love that story so you yeah. went from your one-bedroom apartment to three friends garages to then I went to a warehouse space that was donated Oh, and then cool. I, outgrew, I outgrew that space, um, uh, like all my medical equipment. I'm basically trying right now to put it in my backyard. I'm like building like kind of a warehouse for my backyard so I can have everything on site. Cool. And then I can help more people that's, that's, quicker. I love how scrappy you are yeah. about this. And that's what it takes to be a really good entrepreneur is to be really, really scrappy and thrifty about how we do it, creative and clever. And I think it will be great to show you know, how far we've come in just such a short period of time. Yeah. And you've gotten a lot of news coverage down there. Correct. Too. I think some of the local news agencies have picked up on all the great things you're doing for the seniors. Correct. Yeah. I was like an everyday hero, which is, I don't know, it just kind of blows my mind. And then um, I was a community hero. And since that, it, that's been the ability to kind of the force behind us to be able to help more and more people. I've never really paid for any actual marketing but being on the news and really just word of mouth has really allowed us, you know, to, I started it with like maybe five phone calls a week and now I get like 30 a day Whoa. and then I maybe help like 15 people a month and now I help like 20 a week. So awesome. it's definitely growing in all ways. Really cool. That is so touching to hear that. I am so inspired by the way you started collecting equipment and it's turned into this and what you said about I'm addicted to the feeling that I get when I help someone, but that's really what we're all about. And I, I love hearing that. Yeah. And I want to be able to like, you know, get more funding in so we can launch our new programs too, because it will really take people from kind of like isolation to independence by being able to provide them just like three simple, I, you know, three simple different components to keep them at home for a longer yeah. period of time. And Kelly, I'm really curious too about what's the kind of the messaging behind why you're doing this? What seems to be lacking from either an insurance standpoint or from a, a Medicare standpoint? Do you give us kind of some of those key messages? 
So Medicare only covers uh, three items. They cover a wheelchair, a walker, and a three-in-one commode. And they have to keep that item for five years before they can get a new one. Wow. So many times when seniors like fall and break their hip and they have to depend on somebody and they, and they think of that equipment, once they get kind of independent, they no longer want it. So they give it away to their friends thinking that they're not going to fall or anything's going to happen to them. And then if something does happen to them, then now they have to pay for that out of pocket. And then I find with insurances and stuff, like they order the equipment, but it doesn't come home. So when I worked in skilled nursing years ago, we would get all the equipment and it would be there before they left. So now a lot of people are like coming home with no equipment. And then, you know, being a ther occupational therapist, like we work more in the bathroom. So majority of that equipment is never covered. Uh -huh. um, so I wanted to create an organization um, that doesn't have a wait list. So we don't have a wait list. If we don't have, you know, the item in our inventory, we'll purchase it up to $200 per senior. And then we're going to deliver it out to them because a majority of seniors that really do need help are shut-ins and you never see them. So I might, you know, I went and saw somebody over the weekend and I was like, I'm going to be in and out in 15 minutes. I was there like an hour and a half, you know, awesome. I was helping them with so many other things that, they haven't had anybody come to their house for several weeks and they're living and they're, you know. And if they, if you find a situation like that, you provide the equipment and you help that person that day. Do you also connect them then to resources that are yes. able to help them longer term? Yeah, I'm all about connecting with other resources, but definitely ones that are really going to follow through and really help them, you know, with what they need. I think that there's just so many we're lacking, I don't know if it's funding or whatnot, because like resources in our community, like Meals on Wheels has like a list of 350 people. So it's like, well, what, what do we do in between? So it's just figuring out how we can kind of work together. Um, I've seen, you know, starting the charity, not everybody wants to work together. And I think in the beginning, I kind of didn't want to either. I was like, no, I'm starting this and mine, it's going to be better. But three years in, I've learned like, helping and connecting with one another, we can really, you know, it's not about you and I, it's about helping that patient succeed. So what can we do? What can we provide to really allow them to age in place safely? Why do you think it is that there uh, is a lack of resources? There are overtaps, um, not enough help. What do you think is going on? I feel like... I don't know if I should say this, but um, I feel like it goes to more like, you know, I go up against the same nonprofits in this area and they always get the money and I'm just get, I get denied and that's fine. But then, but then I call them to use their resources because of the funding that they've received. But I don't know if it goes to all their operation costs and not actually coming back into the charity to really work with the seniors. Um, you know, we, we barely have any money since I've started this and we've been able to help so many people, um, you know, so I, you know, I don't pay myself anything and maybe one day I will, but I don't know when that will happen. But I think it's like if they were thinking of keeping the senior at the forefront and being able to kind of connect and I am pretty resourceful, you know, I've, I've been in the industry so long in Florida that I know so many people. So like, if I don't have a wheelchair, I can find them one for either free or super cheap, you know, instead of, you know, I've made those connections and helped other people. So I think that
that's really important too. You know, somebody did tell me the other day that I'm like shaking things up a little bit um, like because I'm showing like, I, I don't know, like I think like I love change. I don't know. I'm a millennial. So changes change like I don't you know I but I think a lot of people that are running nonprofits are a little bit more old school and they you know they've been doing something for so long and it has been working they have been helping people but it's like we need to learn to change because we're all changing every day and I mean I can set out for a day and think like I'm gonna do it just like this and nothing goes the same way as I'm sitting here in my car Right. And you just have to learn to like adapt and like right. really make a positive um, impact. And I think that's been a hard time for me to like, now people are finally talking about me and like, you know, the people that kind of were like, oh, I don't know about, I don't know about saving our seniors, you know, it does sound too good to be true. But then when people actually meet me and they use my resources and, and they get their equipment like really quickly, they start to see like, oh, maybe maybe we do want to support her. So, it, I mean, it does take time. I mean, I didn't know how many nonprofits there were. There are a lot of nonprofits in just like in this area that I live in, you know, even around the world. So it's just but figuring they, out how. Are they nonprofits that are doing what you're doing? So there, I mean, no, there's, there's only like four or five that are doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think with like the online thrift store now component will allow us to continue like a stream of income coming in so we can launch our new programs because I'm hoping yeah. to do that by the year. I want to touch on that because you talked about the fact that you're not paying yourself. You're not making money right now. You're not getting funding and what you're doing is so powerful and you're helping so many people. You have to be able to sustain that through incoming investment somehow, some way. So right. I, I encourage our listeners to just be thinking about what, what can we do to support entrepreneurs like Kelly in these endeavors, because they're really helping our, our older adults and we're going to be there someday soon. And we're going to hope that there's someone like Kelly out there doing this in our area. And, and that leads me to my next question, which is, do you have plans to go national? Are you looking only to stay in your region? I mean, the, the, the end goal is to be national, but, you know, I'm, I'm just starting slowly. The, the online thrift store, we will be able to, you know, ship out to other states and whatnot, um, because we do get a lot of, like, hospital beds and, and power wheelchairs and really, like, awesome. cool lifts and things like that that I would never have thought, like, I would have ever picked up. So that, that's something we want to, I think that will be able to sustain like the operation and cost. Um, I haven't really launched it. I, I built it from the ground up myself and I'm not very tech savvy um, in that aspect. So there are some questions that I have, but we are, I am launching it on Friday. The, the entire launch will come out, but um, you know, just this week I've sold probably $2,500 worth of equipment on there. Awesome. So it was just like a senior contacted me. They didn't meet the requirements. So I sent them to the thrift store and then they were able to, and then we'll deliver it out to them also, which is a, and we'll deliver it out and set them, you know, set up the hospital beds for them. Wow. That's so fantastic. That's Kelly. Amazing. This is really exciting. I know when I started delivering hospital beds, it used to take me like two hours. I'm like, I don't even know how to put a bed together. Yeah. And now I can, del I delivered like eight over the weekend and it took me, you know, 20 minutes to get them 
and Almond. And you're and doing together. this by yourself? So I do have one delivery guy to help me on the weekends when for bigger items. Okay. I can do some hospital beds uh, by myself, but a majority of them I do need uh, additional help. Well, I have learned how to put hospital beds together for my, my father. So I will be happy to come out and visit you in Florida. In the warm <laughs> yeah, weather. In the warm weather and help you out. Yeah. I know hospital beds, they're a little tricky, but, but yeah. I, I got it down now. I can change batteries and wheelchairs. I mean, things I never thought. <laughs> I finally learned how to took, take off like a toilet seat last night to put on a new toilet seat. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, awesome. I'm learning. I'm adding it to my resume. I that's right. That's right. I like it. Yeah. So Kelly, who in your life would you consider a maverick? I guess, I mean, I'm guessing that's me. I'm, I don't, I don't know. I've always gone off the beaten path. You know, I've always really stood up for my patients in a, in a way that maybe wasn't oh, looking back now, maybe I didn't do it the right way. Um, but still to this day, like, I just feel like just because they're poor or the richest of, you know, being a home health therapist, I go from the poorest house to the richest guy in, in like an hour. And I feel like we should all be treated the same way. So how can I do that, you know, by providing this resource or, you know, what other ways can I help you really succeed? And, and I, I just think that, you know, I think seniors like right now, maybe some of them are living on a very fixed income because something financially happened. But, you know, back, back when they were working, they were, you know, hard workers and, and whatnot, and they should be able to age, I guess, gracefully with, with dignity and, and the ability to live, you know, where they want to live with the right, right assistance. Yeah. And Kelly, I, I think your point is so important is that we need to have a high level of quality care for those that are aging, no matter what their income status is, whether they're, you know, super high socioeconomic wealth or they have little, they need a, a high quality of base level supporting care because they have put in a lot of work to get where they are today. So I, I think that's amazing. And I just want to say as a quick aside, is I find it absolutely incredible that you are shaking things up. Like that to me is so cool that you are on your own path, but you're getting noticed for really challenging the status quo, which is what we're all about. You know, just love hearing your story. Ruffling the feathers of the existing nonprofits. I think it's cool. Yeah. I know. I do. I do call people out a lot. I don't mean to do it like bad, but I just think that, you know, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was for a grant and I got, they just looked, they overlooked me. They didn't even send me an email to tell me I didn't get it. So I demanded to meet with the executive director of the community foundation nice. because I go, you are continuing to, you know, to look over me. Maybe I'm not the best grant writer, but I'm really doing a good nonprofit. And like, how can we work together, you know, to really help um, the upcoming seniors. And he's, he, he's gotten to know me a little bit and he's like, you know, you, you don't care about what anyone says. You just go and do it. And I'm like, well, that was what I set out, you know, to do. With I, my new programs, I just find like so many, there's so many resources, but there's such a wait list. So I'm just going to start it. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make it easier, more accessible for the, for the people. And then I'm always like more people will want to back me then. But. I think that's wonderful. And that really, you're really blazing trails. You're being bold. You're being courageous for what you believe in and you're making a difference in these people's lives and i can't wait to see this grow and 
see you get funding and see you impact even exponentially more people's lives. This is very exciting. I mean, I'm a firm believer of like where I'm at is where I'm supposed to be. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've tried to get there quicker, but I need to learn just to relax. And one day I'll be so busy that I'll be like, oh, I would wish I was back three years ago when I was just only getting 40 phone calls a day. Now I'm getting <laughs> thousands. Yeah. Well, and you'll look forward to that day, right? Yeah. 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 So tell us, after this conversation today, what would you ask our audience to do? What kind of action would you want our audience to take after hearing this? I mean, we are always looking for monetary donations, but also just to spread awareness and really, I don't know, go out and help, help a senior that you see struggling somewhere. You know, don't just pass them, but stop and you know, ask them if they need help and, and really just connecting. We just overlook our senior population where we should all be taking time and really giving back to them in some, in some aspect, you know, in their life. That, that's just incredible because you're right. I think it's easy for all of us in the hustle and bustle to look past what a senior may or may not be doing or make assumptions about how we can help an older adult. And I think you're right is that we need to slow down and see what we can really do to have an impact on them because they've given us, we're here because of someone ahead of us, right? Whether it's our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents, or somebody else in society, we have to remember that we're only here because of our the generation before us and how we honor someone leaving the world equally as important as how we welcome somebody into it. And I'm all about like, trying to get college kids to come and kind of volunteer with me and like be a part of it and like learn from the seniors because they are so knowledgeable and you know getting and just seeing what their life was like and how we can kind of intermix our our generations we take like a a senior selfie when I deliver a piece of <laughs> equipment awesome. and then we take our selfie together and then we share their story on like why they couldn't get their equipment or you know how much money they make. I mean, I think people don't think seniors, I, I maybe sometimes I think people think seniors are just taken care of, but I literally helped a woman the other day that made $750 a month and she lived on her own. So she had to pay for her rent and utilities and transportation is like $5 per way. And, and groceries, she barely had, you know, any money left over. So me being able to provide her something for, you know, I typically find like all of them do want to give some type of donation because it's a dignity thing for them but you know if they can't afford it they do get the item for free that's awesome so i and i think there are some bright spots out there i think that um there are several people who are trying to address the intergenerational and and i what i'm loving seeing though is the excitement from many millennials around our senior population. You're a millennial, right? Ish. I'm close. Okay. I'm close. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a Gen close. Xer. I'm close. And but we see a lot more yeah. of millennials getting really excited about this population. And I think it's stories like yours, Kelly, that are really important to share. That you're having an impact, not necessarily doing just the hands-on care through occupational therapy, but through this creative, amazing. Saving Our Seniors nonprofit where you're giving them resources that they might not be able to afford. So as we've always said is there's many ways to impact our seniors besides doing direct hands-on care, right? Right. And I think so often 
it's assumed that if I'm not a direct caregiver, I'm not helping our seniors. And I'd be like, absolutely not. We need people to support your nonprofit. We need people to work in nonprofits. So there are so many different avenues to affect the aging population besides just being a caregiver. Yeah, I would love to be like one day have like seniors coming and working in the nonprofit, you know, we're like, you know, you know, and have them come in and be able to give them somewhat of a source of income extra so they can not just be, you know, skimming by. I mean, some of them will pay their bills and they have maybe $10 left over for the whole month. I, I can't imagine. And know, to give them a sense. I think that generation is like super resourceful though. Like they, yes. they have what they have and they just work on what they have and they, they don't complain and they just do, you know, they just, they just take care of it where I'm kind of like, kind of scared to see what, you know, not the baby boomers, but maybe the generation after that. I don't know. Like some of those individuals call me sometimes and I'm like, Whoa. I think the baby boomers are going to rattle everyone's cages because they're not going to take no for an answer and they're not going to do something they don't like. If they want it, they want it and they want it then and they want it their way. So (laughs) I think the baby boomers are going to really shake up the services in a good way because it's going to challenge our thinking to get out of how we've always done it and force everyone to get more. Yeah. Right. It happened in the Mm sixties happening now for the aging services Mm -hmm. yeah so kelly tell us how are you creating hope for the way we age i'm i'm changing i mean i'm changing it up i'm i restore hope i feel like every day um when i provide equipment and i also find um that i don't really take no for an answer so you know i'll figure out a way to either connect them or if i have to connect for them to be able for them to get, you know, the resources that they need. Because I think a lot of people will walk into people's homes and be like, here's a list of the resources in our community. They're like 90, they don't even know really, how do you, they, they can use the phone, but then you have to press a button here and there. So I don't know, I, I sit with them and I take that extra time and they're always like, you know, you treat me as like a real person and you, and you help me and you interact with me. and you know, when they contact Saving Our Seniors, they get a real person. So um, each day I, you know, I feel like I'm restoring some kind of hope in their world. I mean, I think they have a lot of stressors. And if I can take a little bit of stress off their plate and kind of give them a resource that you call me and like within three days you have your item, that typically, you know, never happens. So Wow. I guess that's, that's how I'm. That's so touching. I, I really appreciate the words that you restore hope every day. Yeah. I think that's, that's really wonderful. So, so we have my website, which is um, savingourseniors.care. And then on my Facebook and Instagram, it's the same savingourseniors.care. Um, and we're going to be starting some educational videos um, on medical equipment is something I'm trying to launch. And then um, the online thrift store, it, it is up, but it will be completely live on Friday. And you can get that on our, um, through our uh, savingourseniors.care. Excellent. Website. So actually, by the time this episode airs, you your thrift store will be live, and we will make okay. sure to connect that in our notes. Yep. And okay. um, we encourage our audience to check it out. Check out the thrift store. Check out Kelly's website. 
learn more about her if you believe in her cause. We really encourage you to to take some sort of action to help her because this is something that if we can help Kelly be successful in this endeavor and other people like her, this can spread nationwide. And it's something that really is truly restoring hope every single day. And I will like to add too that this really helps attack some of that affordability piece because as Kelly said you know some of these might not meet the financial income for the the low income support but they're just above that so they still need some help and discounts on their supplies because as Kelly said only three pieces of durable medical equipment are covered by Medicare and that has to last them five years so I think it's really important that if we want to tackle affordability, this is a great way to help make aging more affordable. I, I read something the other day. I was looking up a statistic, but you know, 60% of Americas live like rely on an assistive device, and 40% of those live at or below the poverty line. So that is that's like a nation, national statistic. So I, you know, it's a lot of a lot of people that do need. Um, a service like saving our seniors. And I would just say thank you for trying to help tackle that low income, that affordability component. I mean that because that is one of our bigger concerns is the affordability of aging. And it's people like you that are going to help challenge that stigma and make us think how we can make aging affordable. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Keep being a maverick, Kelly. Keep being a maverick. You are blazing trails. Keep doing it. Thank right. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. We'll talk you. to you soon here. Okay. Sounds good. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.